0: FM, online and on your smartphone. This is Bones FM
1: News. Welcome to today's news headlines from the Scottish Radio News Team. I'm Alistair Connell. Police have launched an appeal after a man was seen carrying a knife at a South Lanarkshire train station. The individual was spotted at Lanark Railway Station at around 10pm on December the 23rd, 2023. It's reported that there were a large group of youths at the station and one man attempted to step onto a train while holding a blade. Empty with information regarding the incident are being urged to contact the British Transport Police by texting 61016 or calling 0800 405040 40 with the reference 2300154476 that reference again 2300154476 Aberdeen fans are excitedly waiting for the official announcement of Neil Warnock as their new boss and a sharp-eyed fan has spotted him at Aberdeen Airport getting closer to taking over from Barry Robson. Warnock is expected to be in charge until the season's end, helping the Dons fight for a European spot after a disappointing season so far. The club's board, including Dave Cormack, plans to bring in the 75-year-old temporarily to boost the season. Edinburgh Outlander star Sam Heughan revealed that he'd been the victim of bullying, harassment and stalking for many years. The Daily Record has reported that he endured the ordeal for over six years and in 2020 took to social media to share a candid post alleging that the unnamed offenders subjected him to abuse and death threats as well as claiming that he is a closet homosexual. He said he could not go into further details due to ongoing legal reasons but said that his tormentors are professionals, teachers, psychologists, adults who should know better. A bird of prey centre says it fears for the health of its more than 40 animals as they now face eviction from their current home. Hutanini Owls, located within the Finliston Country Estate in Langbank, has now issued a plea for help to find a new premises for the impressive creatures before their lease comes to an end next month. Owners Donna and William Pickett, who run the popular family attraction with their son Brandon, said they've been told by the landowner Arthur Macmillan that they must leave the site by Friday, February the 23rd. The family opened Hutanini Owls eight years ago at Finlayston and say the eviction has came as quite a shock. Then I worry if they'll be able to find a new home for their birds, some of which are rescue birds, within a month. Worried Donna has told the Paisley Daily Express that they got an email from the estate owner to say they were to leave by February 23rd. We're really grateful to him for having us over the years, but this really came as quite a shock. I haven't had anything in writing from them to say that there have been any problems. This has came out of the blue, it really has. We've worked closely with the owners for eight years and it's really upsetting. MD, with a potential suitable space to house this organisation, please get in touch at Owls at btinternet.com. Merne's FM Weather with Ace
2: Competitions.
1: And now the weather here on Merns FM for the Grampian area. Monday will be cloudy with outbreaks of heavy rain, heaviest across the west, easing during the day with strong west-southwesterly to south-westerly winds away from the north. Maximum temperature of 9 degrees Celsius. The outlook for Tuesday to Thursday will a few wintry showers on Tuesday, but largely dry with sunny spells. Frequent showers on Wednesday morning, clearing during afternoon to sunny spells, snow pushing up from the south on Thursday afternoon. Merns
2: FM weather with Ace Competitions. Head over to Ace. Competitions.co.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram for more information. From mountain to sea, the very best of Scotland.
3: You're listening to the Monday Night Movie Club on Merns FM.
2: Your Hand in Mine by Explosions in the Sky. And you are listening to the Monday Night Movie Club here on Merns FM with me, Carrie. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you all had a nice weekend. Thanks for joining me on tonight's show. Whether you're listening live or whether you're listening in the future, it's great to have you on board. That track I just played is a wee bit of a cheat. It's not actually from a movie. It's from a TV show. It's the theme music for the TV show Friday Night Lights. And I just love it so much. It's such a beautiful piece of music so I thought I would start the show with something nice. Coming up on tonight's show we've got a few cool things for you. I've got a little feature coming up all about um, Hans Zimmer and his music for the movie Dune. It's Hans Zimmer himself talking not to me unfortunately that would be very cool but just a little feature I watched and I really really enjoyed and I thought you might like to listen to it as well and a bit of music from Dune coming up. I have an interview a vanity fair interview between the the cast of all of us strangers which has really got everyone talking i reviewed it on last week's show and it was such a fabulous film and this was a really nice discussion that i think it was organized through the bafta association and it is between uh, paul mescal and andrew scott and Jamie Bell pops in there as well and the director of the film and they're sort of talking about how they managed to achieve that kind of raw intimacy between the characters it's a really nice little interview, a nice chat, I found it really interesting and I'm going to be chatting a wee bit, I've got a wee review to do of the teen comedy film Bottoms which I watched this week, I haven't seen a lot of films this week but I did watch that one finally and it did stand out to me so I'm going to be talking about that, so lots of nice things coming up, Uh, coming up next I've got some music i'm going to be playing a track from all of us strangers it's is this love by alison moye and then right after that i'm playing a track from the movie the holdovers which is a comedy that's in the cinemas at the moment a lot of people are really liking that i need to get down and see that the track is knock three times by tony orlando and dawn
3: In Cardin and Marins
1: Citizens Advice are recruiting volunteers. As a charity, our volunteers are essential, allowing us to deliver the important work we do. You can help as an advisor, reception, admin, fundraising, publicity and promotion, or on our board and management committee. Many of our volunteers have progressed to paid employment. If you'd like to volunteer or want to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, kamcab.org. and hit the Volunteer Now button or call us on 01569 766 578 That's 01569 766
3: 578 Advertising your business can be a bit of a gamble Pay too much, not get a result Pay very little, strike it lucky Advertising on Merns FM is fast, efficient and dynamic and best of all, competitively priced to get your business heard across South Aberdeenshire
5: It's all been done before, and if you could only let it be, you would see I like you the way you are. When we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one, but you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like. Like you're something else, where you are and where it's at, you see, you make making me laugh out when you strike your pose. Take off all your pretty clothes. You know you're not fooling anyone when you become.
2: That was Avril Lavigne with Complicated and that track features in the movie Bottoms, which I'm going to be chatting about briefly now. Bottoms came out last year in 2023 and it's an American, very satirical teen comedy film directed by Emma Seligman and it has such a great cast. Emma Seligman also made Shiver Baby, which I reviewed on the show a couple of months ago. I loved that. I thought it was absolutely brilliant and it starred Rachel Seno and she is front and centre in this film as well and she actually co-wrote it with emma seligman so it's seligman and Senno that wrote this and it also stars ayo edibiri who is in um the bear um and who has been winning a lot of awards recently for the bear and other things she's fabulous as well and a great supporting cast some really 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 strong character actors in this film um I really, really liked it. I didn't know what to expect from Bottoms. It came out last year. I didn't really get around to seeing it. It is a teen, a high school teen movie. And I sort of thought, oh, I don't know. Is that really going to speak to me much? But as a high school teacher, there was a lot of chat about it. A lot of the kids that I teach were talking about it. The seniors were going on. And a lot of them were loving it because it does have um, LGBTQI plus issues front and centre. It is a kind of... Purile high school teen sex comedy and it's two lesbian females that are the leads in this and there's just loads and loads of fabulous gay stuff going on in it and that is a really nice angle and the teenagers that I teach really really love that about it um and it is just as puerile and just as just as grim and just as gross as any other sex comedy but it's just quite refreshing to look at it from a different angle um a friend of mine whose opinions on films i really do respect who actually has been a guest on the show before my friend jen i remember her she saw this film and she just didn't did not like it at all couldn't understand what the fuss was about and it's that sort of put me off a wee bit i thought jen hated it it's maybe not that good but i have to say i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this the acting is, is brilliant, but not so much the acting, no one's doing any amazing acting here, but the way they play these characters is very, very funny. They're very, very funny. They're very, very likeable, and they're very, very ridiculous and quite awful at times as well. And also the thing about the film that I really enjoyed is that it's it's really violent, like stupidly violent to the point where it's, it's so hyper unrealistic at times, but really enjoyable. The two girls the lead characters basically lie about having been to a kind of juvie juvenile delinquency school um, pretend to be these kind of real tough characters to become popular and to get girlfriends basically and so they start this fight club in the school under the guise of teaching self-defence to the girls but really they just they're two girls that want to get closer to other girls and uh, their reasons for starting the club are not good but how throughout the film the club does take on some real meaning and some real bonds and there's some real nice moments it does have a big heart in it but essentially there's a lot of fighting fighting between the girls and then fighting between The girls and one of the school's rival American football teams in this huge set piece (laughs) where people are just dying. Like These guys on this opposing football team are just lying dead all over the pitch. It's completely ridiculous, but it it is very, very funny. And there's a lot of role reversal going on here, a lot of that at play. The high school football team are all boys, and uh, they are very very funny they're they're real stereotypes of kind of bro-y guys but also at the same time are just <laughs> incredibly sensitive about the, the strangest things and um this there's a bit of sort of Flipping of your the way you would expect the cheerleaders to behave in a teen comedy is kind of how the guys are behaving in this, and that's quite nice. It does turn a lot of those stereotypes on their head. So yeah, I I actually thought Bottoms was a lot of fun. I can see why the teenagers all really really enjoyed it, and I was doing a wee bit of reading about it on Wikipedia, and apparently Emma Seligman found it really hard to get it off the ground and going when she was pitching it, when she was trying to put it together a lot of um production companies were were put off they just thought because it had these two gay girls at the center of it and it was overtly sexual that 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 was off-putting for them despite the fact i have to say that almost every teen comedy in history straight ones are so overtly sexual it's all about that kind of conquest so I'm so glad that they did actually manage to get it through um they weren't even allowed to film it in a high school they couldn't even find a high school that would allow them to do that so they had to use this abandoned elementary school and a a gymnasium from a college just to get it up and off the ground and then when you see it and you see how fun it is how funny it is how daft it is you just think what was everyone so scared of I think it's good. I think it's a lot of fun. I thought it was really refreshing and I did laugh out loud on quite a few occasions. So there we go. That's my wee two pence worth on the movie Bottoms. It's on Amazon. So if you've got Amazon Prime, you can check it out for free. If you don't have Amazon Prime, bravo! um (laughs) that's all i'll say about that but if you do have it then you can check it out for free there's a lovely moment in the film i say lovely very funny uh moment the film which is set to the piece of music i'm going to play next this really did make me laugh this is total eclipse of the heart by bonnie tyler check out bottoms if you can
6: Nothing.
4: or email stonyviewembroidery at hotmail.com That's stonyviewembroidery at hotmail.com Or find us on Facebook, Stonyview Embroidery. You can keep up to date with Mirrens FM via social media. Follow us on Facebook, MernzFM, FM, Twitter, at Mirrens FM, and Instagram, MernzFM. FM. Follow us across all platforms now for show and station news and community updates.
2: That piece of music was called Ripples in the Sand by Hans Zimmer and it is from the soundtrack to the movie Dune. Hans Zimmer is such a phenomenal movie score composer he really has made some beautiful music from some really standout movies Uh, movies like inception he was involved in oppenheimer gladiator and so many so many and i I do play hans zimmer's music on the show quite a lot and vanity fair did an interview with hans zimmer recently all about how he composed the music for dune because dune is set in the future um, it's kind of off world it's very Very interplanetary. Uh, He decided that he wanted to do something quite out of this world when coming up with his ideas for the sound and for how he wanted people to use their instruments and think about their instruments. It's really, really interesting. So I thought I would play it for you. So here we go. Thanks to Vanity Fair, here is an interview with Hans Zimmer all about how he came up with ideas for the soundtrack to the movie Dune. Dune.
7: Maybe in the future we will not have regular beats. Maybe we will have actually progressed uh, as human beings that we don't need a disco beat to enjoy ourselves. It could be something much more advanced. And why are they electronic? Because I like making drums out. I'm Hans Zimmer, and this is how we created the score for Dune. I read the book as a teenager when I was 14 years old, and I loved it. I never saw the David Lynch version, I never saw the television version, nor did I hear the music. Because I had a sort of a vision and a sound in my head. My challenge was not being a grown-up, not trying to be the man who's done a lot of movies, but to regress in a way and become the reckless 13-year-old teenager and write as a 13-year-old teenager. I think it was more a challenge to everybody else, my behavior, but I loved it. I remember as a 13-year-old going and seeing science fiction movies and going, why do all these science fiction movies have European orchestra, orchestral sounds, romantic period, tonalities about them? We're supposed to be on a different planet, different culture. We're supposed to be in the future. All of this was done in the time of COVID, which was oddly liberating to a certain degree, because we could all work in our own environments, and we could communicate constantly. Part of the bad was in London, and part of the bad was in Vienna. So it was truly an international way of working. In Inception, uh, you know, pe- people are talking about the bram sound, the low brass. I made the sound, but that means nothing. Chris wrote the sound in his screenplay to Inception. It was his way of showing time slowing down. We booked a studio for the next day with 10 brass players, and we had a piano in the middle of the room with a brick on the sustain pedal. So the brass would play into this piano and and all the strings would be vibrating. And that's the sound of Inception. Something I wanted to always do, to invent instruments that don't exist, invent sounds that don't exist. For instance, I work with a chap called Chaz Smith. He's either a great sculptor or he's either a great musician. And he builds these sculptures that you can either hit or you can bow, like a violin or a cello. But then there's another part to it, which is where it gets very complicated. He has basically built himself in Northern California, a house which is a musical instrument. A lot of those sort of metal being excited in, in, in unconventional ways. So I had this framework of exotic synthesized or built instruments. I remember saying to Tina Guo, my cellist, I want your cello to sound like a Tibetan war horn. but she got the image. We built the sort of electronic chamber resonators. Really, ultimately, all of that is just a frame for the one thing that I thought was more important than anything else in the world, which was the human voice. The one thing that would not age, the one thing that in the future would still be valid. How did you create the chant that's more than one voice? It's only one voice. It's a chap called Michael. Fantastic singer. We had a language written out by a linguist. It's just uh, about technology. If you use a compressor, if you overuse it, it's it, it feels like you're slamming your head against the door frame. You take a while to recover. So the compressor takes a while to recover. You know when you slam Michael's voice into it. So by taking each syllable apart and stretching it out and leaving gaps, I could then go and. Th- Slam every syllable and make every syllable sound like sound incredibly dangerous and violent. I had of course completely transformed his voice into something that was more like a cannonball hitting you in the head. And I played it to Denis more as an experiment, and Denise's reaction was, oh, could be an interesting way to start the movie. By putting that voice there as opposed to hearing the beautiful fanfare of a European orchestra, you instantly knew we were going to tell you a story that was dark and mysterious and different. And you couldn't quite work out was this human or was it beyond humanity. You want to invite your audience on an adventure, you want to invite them on a journey, and you have to do it right at the beginning. You have to say it's not going to be quite what you imagined. It's going to be different, it's going to be interesting. And I did that on Lion King with my friend Lebo, where suddenly in a Disney movie over black, you hear this 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 amazing chant from Africa. <laughs> And you instantly know it's not going to be princesses in the conventional sense. The movie is driven in its own sort of secret way by the female characters. They might not be your main characters, but they are certainly the underlying strengths to everything that you experience. And so I met Loire Kotler, who is an extraordinary vocalist. Tina wants to do Interstellar, Lisa wants to do Gladiator, probably.
8: And we'll also do um, Dark Phoenix Dunkirk
7: with uh, Loire. Oh, f*** yeah. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the heroic Loire Kotler.
2: When you are asked to do something that is not in the traditional uh, parameter of what you would think the voice could do, and then you say yes, and you say yes... To doing something that, in your words, is reckless. (laughs) Yes. Amazing things start to happen. But
7: Loa's history is that she does a particular type of singing, which is highly unusual. Can you do a bit of of the rhythmic stuff? We were talking about that Dune has its own rhythm. So it's obvious that I would find a woman who should know everything about rhythm and then give you the cry of a banshee. There's a strength, there's a force that hits you even without, you know, reverb and compressors and all sorts of stuff. And that was in her voice. The first time I saw them arriving on the planet Arrakis and I saw the bagpiper, you know, I went, of course. They're the royal house. So normally you have like, you know, trumpet fanfare or something like this, heralding, you know, the new ruler. But bagpipes, they're not just Scottish, Celtic or Irish, but I know that they're Caledonian ones and Spanish ones and Middle Eastern ones. Wherever you have a goat and you have a piece of wood, all I want to say is the goat better watch out because he's probably going to end up being a bagpipe. The bagpipe you hear is really my guitarist, Guthrie Garvin, imitating a bagpipe on his guitar. And then we have the 30 bagpipe players come in. in a very ethnic sort of landscape. So there is not a lot of wood around on our planet, but what we do have, we made flutes out of. And I I kept saying to Pedro, you start, my flaw don't play it like a flute. Play it as if it was the wind whistling through the desert dunes. You asked me how the score was made, and I said we were all colleagues and we did it all together and that's how it works
9: the only thing i guarantee you is i will speak the truth this is the duduk and this is a very very ancient instrument
7: That's a phrase from Gladiator, actually. So that's good. (laughs) We knew we could do that. But then I said to him, I don't want you to play flutes. Can you make the sound of... Wind rushing through.
9: Yeah,
7: well, Plus, a lot of things were built. There were many journeys to the hardware store. PVC is your friend. PVC (laughs) piping.
9: I actually made a subcontrabass duduk by putting this into a very long tube of PVC. And I literally, I cut the thing to get the different tones. So it is an instrument that doesn't exist anywhere. I do things that not many people in the world can do. But then I told him, "Yes, yeah, I can do this." He said, "Can you do air?" I said, "Yeah, I can do." "But can you make vowels while you're doing the air in a flu like no, don't do this to me." And he's <laughs> did that from a piccolo bansuri to this big fat mama which is back there which is a contrabass flute and i remember one time i sent him 89 tracks
7: of just duduk's because nobody's ever done it you're used to seeing 32 violins you know 14 celli six basses, your normal beethoven type orchestra but imagine you did it all out of those instruments what would that sound like it's amazing
9: I play this thing just a zurna and I'm not going to do it now because I will break all of your ears and everything believe me I'm doing you a favor just not to just it. do it just oh I gosh. just want to see the
7: enamel like He got me
9: play notes that I didn't know I could play up there. He doesn't know, but that he pushes us. That, by the way,
7: is partly the bagpipe. Yeah. It's not a <laughs> bagpipe. <backpack>. It's just what you hear is not what you, hear, not what you see.
2: That was Vanity Fair's interview with Hans Zimmer on how he came up with the music for Dune. I am so looking forward to the second Dune movie. I loved Dune. I thought it was absolutely fantastic just thought everything about it was absolutely perfect and I'm so excited for the next one it's been pushed back and pushed back but we will get Dune 2 Dune 2 it's quite hard to say that uh, later on this year I'm going to play us out and up to the news with a wee bit more of Hans Zimmer's music from Dune this is lovely this is called Herald of the Change we won't have time to squeeze it all in but you'll get a flavour of it before the news comes on and join me after the news for more movie stuff I'll catch you soon
3: On FM,
0: online, and on your smartphone. This is Bones
10: FM News.
1: Welcome to today's news headlines from the Scottish Radio News team. I'm Alistair Connell. King Charles has been diagnosed with a form of cancer, says Buckingham Palace. It's not prostate cancer, but was discovered during his recent treatment for an enlarged prostate. A type of cancer has not been revealed, but the palace said the king began regular treatments on Monday. Buckingham Palace says the king remains wholly positive about his treatment. He will postpone his public engagements with senior royals expected to stand in for him. The king looks forward to returning to full public duty as soon as possible. No further details are currently being shared on the stage of cancer cancer or prognosis. The King informed both his sons personally about his diagnosis and Prince William was said to be in regular contact with his father. Prince Harry, who lives in the US, spoke to his father and will be travelling to the UK to see him in the coming days. The King, 75 years old, returned to London from Sandringham in Norfolk on Monday and the palace says he was has commenced treatment as an out. The mild start to February is coming to an end with falling temperatures in store and the risk of snow for some. Above average temperatures will give way to a more seasonable winter chill over the next few days as colder air moves south across the UK. The Met Office has issued a yellow warning for snow in much of North Wales and Northern and Central England for Thursday but there's some uncertainty over exactly how much will fall and exactly where. The yellow warning from 0300 on Thursday to 0300 on Friday covers a large area from North Wales through parts in the Midlands and into Northern England. There's a small chance of power cuts, travel delays, some stranded vehicles and delayed or cancelled rail and air travel and a slight chance that some rural communities could be cut off a 15-year-old boy appeared in court charged with the murder of a bus driver in Elgin. Keith Rawlinson, aged 58, died at Dr Gray's Hospital in Moray Town following an alleged assault at the bus station in the St Giles Road area on Friday night. The accused, from the Moray area but who cannot be named for legal reasons, appeared at Elgin Sheriff Court. He made no plea and was remanded in custody. Stagecoach North Scotland has expressed shock and sadness at the death of one of its drivers and the frontman of a Scottish 90s dance music act has died weeks after receiving a terminal diagnosis DJ Mallorca Lee aged 51 from Paisley died on Sunday shortly after revealing on social media that he had cancer. He founded the techno group Ultrasonic in Ayrshire in 1991 and it went on to build a loyal following on the rave scene. They made it into the UK top 100 charts in the 90s with the singles like Do You Believe in Love and Obsession. Ultrasonic's most recent single Hardcore Will Never die was released in 2020 the news of lee's death was announced on social media by fellow musician dj kid he said it's with tremendous sadness i announced the sad passing on sunday afternoon of legendary dj producer and longtime friend melorka Kelly, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer just four weeks ago that's your call for now more news in an hour Mer's fm weather with ace
2: competitions
1: now the weather here on Merns FM for the Grampian area. Tuesday will be a cold, mainly dry and much brighter day with a chance of a few showers across the west and north, falling as snow on the hills at first to lower levels later in the day. Maximum temperature will be 5 degrees Celsius. The look for Wednesday to Friday will be cold and bright with a few snow showers on Wednesday, remaining cold on Thursday and Friday with an increasing chance of snow showers as the wind turns. Merns
2: FM weather with Ace Competitions. Head over to acecompetitions.co.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram for more information.
3: From mountain to sea, the very best of Scotland. You're listening to the Monday Night Movie Club on Merns FM.
2: That was- Tina Turner with We Don't Need Another Hero from the movie Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. I'm kicking off the second hour of the Monday Night Movie Club with a couple of tracks from a couple of 80s movies. I thought, why not? Nice wee introduction to hour two. In hour one, we had some chat on the movie Bottoms. We had Hans Zimmer, the Vanity Fair interview where he was talking about how he composed the music for the movie Dune. And coming up in this hour, I've got a wee quiz for you. It's a different quiz this week. I'll tell you more about it after the next track. And I've also got a nice little feature with some of the cast of All of Us Strangers having a chat about how they created the kind of, the intimacy, the raw connections between the characters in that film. If you haven't seen it yet, do check it out. All of Us Strangers is definitely, well, people are saying the best movie of the year so far. It is only February, but it is really something very, very special. So stick with us. I'm going to play you now A View to a Kill, Duran Duran from the Bond movie of the same name. Well, it's called A View to a Kill, it's not called Duran Duran. Um, and then after that, we'll get stuck into this week's week quiz, which I'm quite excited about. Uh, catch you soon.
10: face
2: That was Duran Duran with A View To A Kill from the movie A View To A Kill. So I do have the quiz coming up now. I've had a few different quizzes over the the year I've been doing the movie quiz. I've had quote quizzes, I've had music quizzes. The one I usually do is my Guest The Connection quiz. However, today I was wandering around Stonehaven, going around the charity shops today. I was looking for a salad bowl. I decided I need to eat healthier and I thought, well, Maybe I'll be inspired to eat more salad if I've got a beautiful big bowl to put my salad in. <laughs> so I was in Inspired By and I got a lovely salad bowl and then I was in the um, the British Red Cross shop as well and I found two little sort of card games movie quiz card games. They were 99 pence each and I just grabbed them and each of them has got about 50 cards in it with movie quiz questions and I thought that's what I'm going to do I'm going to pick 10 of those each week for the next few weeks and um, and use these cards as my quiz. So some of them are multiple choice, some of them are just a straight up question so I thought I'll do 10 questions and then I'll give you the answers Um, so yeah, let's see how we go So here we go. Question one from the movie quiz, courtesy of the British Red Cross shop in Stonehaven. The 2015 film Brooklyn told the story of a woman emigrating from which country to start a new life in 1950s New York. Mm, That's quite a tricky one. Question two. Complete the title of the 2016 summer blockbuster, Captain America something. 2016, summer blockbuster. Captain America, da da da. Two words, it's two words. Which 2016 animated film partnered a rabbit detective with a red fox con artist to fight crime in the city? 2016 animated film partnered a rabbit detective with a red fox con artist to fight crime in the city. Number four. For which 1994 film did Steven Spielberg win his first directing Oscar? 1994 film, Steven Spielberg, his first directing Oscar. Who played the elderly combat trainer? In the 2000 film, Gladiator, in his final role before his death. Quite a famous one, this, because they had to CGI some of him uh, to make the film work. And Gladiator, the elderly combat trainer, in his final role before his death, who played him. Number six, what was Norman Bates' hobby in the 1960s film, Psycho? What was Norman Bates' hobby in the 1960s film Psycho. I don't think killing people counts as a hobby, although he did sort of rack up a body count through those films. What iconic film actress once said, I have a talent for irritating women since I was 14 years old. What iconic film actress once said, I've had a talent for irritating women since I was 14 years old. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's number seven. Who was the star of 2016 blockbuster Deadpool? Who was the star of 2016 blockbuster Deadpool? Who were the team looking for the film... Who were the team looking for in the film 2000, and hang on a minute, hang on a minute, let me go back. It says film twice. This is why these cards were cheap. Who were the team looking for in the 2012 film Zero Dark 30? Who were the team looking for in the 2012 film Zero Dark 30? this is the last one this is number 10 oh this is the easiest one i think sandy and danny were the two central characters in which 1978 musical film (gasps) 78 my goodness even before i was born sandy and danny were the two central characters in which 1978 musical film the answers will be right after this track time for the answers to the british red cross charity shop movie quiz here we go the 2015 film brooklyn told the story of a woman emigrating from which country to start a new life in new york the country was ireland complete the title of the 2016 summer blockbuster captain america civil war Mmm. I don't really like it. Which 2016 animated film partnered a rabbit detective with a Red Fox con artist to fight crime in the city? It was Zootopia, which I haven't seen, actually. For which 1994 film did Steven Spielberg win his first directing Oscar? The answer was Schindler's List who played the elderly combat fighter in Gladiator, his final film role before his death, it was of course Oliver Reed and they used some really clever CGI to fill in some of the gaps from his performance because he actually died before he'd finished making that movie what was Norman Bates hobby in the movie Psycho? he was into taxidermy specifically birds, he liked stuff in birds did Norman, which iconic film actress once said, I've had a talent for irritating women since I was 14 years old, it was Marilyn Monroe, oh bless you Marilyn, who was the star of the 2016 blockbuster Deadpool it was Ryan Reynolds, who were the team looking for in the 2012 film Zero Dark 30, they were trying to find Osama Bin Laden and finally Sandy and Danny were the two central characters in which 1978 musical film, the answer is of course Grease. Grease is the word. So there we go. Thank you very much to Stonehaven British Red Cross for the movie quiz. Ten more questions from this wee box of questions coming up the uh, same time next week. Coming up next we've got some ads and then after the ad that adds that lovely conversation with the cast of all of us strangers. So stick around for that. When the
4: music
5: stands this good,
2: you know you found Minds
4: You can keep up to date with Merns FM via social media. Follow us on Facebook, Merns FM, Twitter, at Merns FM, and Instagram, Merns FM. Follow us across all platforms now for show and station news and community updates.
3: Advertising your business can be a bit of a gamble. Pay too much, not get a result. Pay very little, strike it lucky. Advertising on Murns FM is fast, efficient and dynamic and best of all competitively priced to get your business heard across South Aberdeenshire. Contact us today by emailing sales at and replace this advert with your business.
11: so proud of the fact that something like this, a part of myself, I suppose, that I, I kept hidden for so long and a kind of vulnerability and uh, a pain, I suppose, um, that I experienced in childhood and early adulthood is now something that I was, I've was i been able to express with wonderful people. It's been one of the, the highlights of my life. Don't scare you. Well... I was filming at the time uh, in Italy and I it was at the end of a very long, quite arduous shoot and so I wasn't really looking to, to, to act anytime soon. Andrew Haig sent me this script. I read this this extraordinary, uh, beautiful, highly unusual, kind of indescribable script. I was really genuinely moved by it. Then we spoke the next day and uh, I, I just had this wonderful conversation with him and uh, the rest is history.
8: I was sent the novel by the producers, uh, Graham Broadbent and Sarah Harvey. I'd never read the novel by Techi Juma- Yamada. I hadn't seen the film that was based on that that came out, I think, in the 80s. But I really liked the central idea of this novel, uh, this idea of going back to where you used to live and meeting your parents again 30 years after they have left your life let's say and there was something so interesting about that about this uh concept of a reunion with your own past and then it was about taking that original idea and then turning it into something that i could really kind of get my teeth into and throw myself
12: into i think my focus with andrew haig and andrew was to root everything in the reality unless and andrew haig deal with the tone and the kind of as you said the kind of surreal but i think the film as a whole is very much rooted in human condition. I had about five or six conversations with Andrew Hague before we started filming, kind of long conversations about Harry. And then all of those conversations kind of go out the window the minute you start filming, as they should do, and then it's just about, it's a matter of taking it beat by beat. There's no better people than Andrew Hague and Andrew Scott to be doing that with on a daily basis. feels like kind of like the dream exercise in, uh, in acting, you know?
11: The part I immediately knew was something that I'd have to uh, throw a huge amount of my own... Uh, self into more than any other project that i think i've ever done and there's a huge amount of my own experience i suppose i wanted to bring to it and just i wanted to do something which felt kind of um unadorned and raw and vulnerable and um that's what my job in this one was and i felt like very much that i had a, a comrade in andrew to sort of help me along with that
0: when you receive a script by andrew haig that has andrew scott claire foy and paul mescal attached you would be an idiot just say no. Of course it's about love, it's about parental love. I'm a father, I'm a father of three children. I am a child of people and and so it is impossible to not bring a part of yourself to a role like this, to a story like this. It's just impossible.
12: Yeah, music plays a big role in Uh, all of the characters, I I make a playlist for them all. Some songs are to do with uh, songs that the character themselves would be listening to and other songs are to do with their kind of more internal landscape and their psychological landscape. I had a lot of uh, the gloaming for the kind of inner stuff, uh, the inner landscape. There's a song called Adios Florida that I listen to a lot. It's like instrumental music for Harry. That was my kind of go-to. With Harry, like the specifics were that I wanted to do an accent that removed him from London. I worked with a dialect coach that set him, or placed him in Leeds, because I think it just helped with his kind of isolation, like he didn't have a direct access to his family.
0: The spectral stuff about them being ghosts, or dead, or fragments of his imagination, or his memory, was not discussed. It's not interesting. uh, Andrew Haig doesn't have interest in the rules around how long are they going to be here for? Can these people use the bathroom if they eat something? Does it fall out of their stomach? Their spectral nature is not of interest. What's interesting is this collective human history of a family. And how do you reckon with it? How do you reckon with all these things that we've done together, and and the way we've hurt each other, especially the child in the story? Like it, we're reckoning with the moulding of this human being. And more than anything, I think Andrew Haig wanted actors who could reach out to people with love. That was the that was the job. The job was to reach out to Andrew Scott with love. And if you've ever met Andrew Scott, it's 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 one of the easiest things to do because he's just an absolutely adorable, but, but loving. Um,
11: genuine human being. I think sometimes just magic happens. I think with Paul it was very easy between us. I think with some people you just have an immediate kind of connection. Paul is such an extraordinary actor and it was so beautifully written and so we didn't really want to over Work it, and we kept a lot of. We spoke a little bit around around it, but we wanted to keep that free song of meeting someone and not knowing them, and having that nervousness and that uh, chemistry um, alive as much as possible, and, and there to be discovered on the day.
12: I've been very lucky that I've never been in kind of intimate scenes, and I don't just mean sex scenes, but kind of in an intimate, tight relationship with somebody on screen, and not felt close to them in real life. I think what was very useful for this was that me and Andrew knew each other and like liked each other like before we started filming but we kind of became incredibly close during the filming and have remained so since so we kind of met each other we knew each other before but we started shooting at the perfect junction in our own relationship that we could really invest in the separate lives of Harry and Adam and we didn't know each other well enough that we didn't know we didn't know which part of us was bleeding into the into into the role so that was kind of a happy accident in that regard. A lot of our
11: um, stuff was physical, we had a lot of sex scenes, but the ones that I think are so telling and so tender and beautiful are the ones that are sort of in and around the, the, the sex scenes and I think that they're the, the most tender and the most uh, radical scenes actually in the in the movie.
12: I think the thing that we were all looking for was an authenticity of feeling, not necessarily the act of sex and making that feel authentic because that's an easier thing to do, like you can make sex look like sex but it's like we want this to feel like two people who are having sex for the first time and what that means to Adam and what that means to Harry and they have both very different relationships to their own sexuality and the thing that we were looking for and I think that we've achieved in the film is an authenticity with that. All of us are incredibly proud to achieve because it's not the easiest thing to do, you know, So yeah, we're really happy with how it turned out.
8: Screen chemistry, let's say, is about so many different things. It's about how you make the project, it's about how you film the project, it's about who you choose and making sure you choose the right people that work well together and feel like they would like each other. And so I was never really worried about it because I knew that Paul and Andrew, for example, really wanted to work with each other. And Claire was so excited about playing Andrew's mother, as was Jamie. Uh, playing Andrew's dad so once you get that kind of like excitement to be with each other then I think the chemistry kind of bubbles up and then it's just my job to not kind of dampen that chemistry down and to try and capture it oh
9: yeah it's definitely him look in his eyes yes it is you hi hi
0: i didn't know my father didn't have a father growing up at all so when you're giving these scenes and these opportunities to do things that you didn't have in your own life there is going to be some measure of catharsis or or something you're going to lose yourself in it and on this film i feel like everyone from all the actors, obviously from the director who shot this film in his own home, his own childhood home, and there's so much about his story and his life. But every HRD, every person from every department of this film brought something of themselves to it. The, the connection between people is the thing that is important. Andrew Scott's character lost his parents at 12, and the only way that you can grow, and that's what Andrew Scott's character needs, is he needs to know who he is. And the only way we can get that is through the relationships with, with other people.
11: I'm so proud of the fact that something like this a part of myself I suppose that I, I kept hidden for so long and a kind of vulnerability and uh, a pain I suppose um, that I experienced in childhood and early adulthood is now something that I was I've been able to express with wonderful people just terrific uh, artists and human beings, and that's being turned into something that is useful for people and something that uh, people can see themselves in. It feels enormously wonderful to be able to do something that's um, of use and watching not just the devastation and uh, emotionality of the audience's reaction, but that kind of hope and just life-affirming nature of the movie. It's been one of the the highlights of my life.
8: There's a scene in the the bedroom with Andrew when he gets into bed with uh, Claire Foy and Jamie Bell. And there's something uh, I think very special about that scene, uh, where the real kind of emotion and pathos bubbles up within that scene. And it was just one shot, and it was quite complicated to to shoot. You know, we were just in a regular house. Actually, my old actual childhood home is where we shot the film. And so it was not it's not an easy place to shoot. And as I said, it was one long five and a half minute take, one roll of film basically. But I'm really uh, pleased about how that scene came together and how it makes you
11: feel when you watch it took an awful lot of uh, choreography to disguise the fact that Uh, we were pulling off what is essentially a sort of camera trick. But I like the fact that it's all in one take and there's a huge amount of emotionality and technical skill to try and keep the focus on the scene. It's an extraordinary, uh, kind of audacious scene and I'm I'm really proud of it because it it exemplifies everybody's work in the the movie and that's what it's about. It's it's a collaborative thing and that's the one that I I think um, represents that the most.
12: One of the things I'm most proud of is the scene when Harry and Adam meet in the in Harry's apartment towards the end of the film. This was a tough scene to shoot. It was a tough day on set because of the material, but also we got to um, as performers and as Andrew as a director. I think it's one of those that like I hold for myself as one of my like proudest. Um, moments or scenes in, in, in a film.
8: The proudest moment is when the film is shown to the world, because you'll never know how it's going to be taken. You know, it definitely is a, is a personal story to me, it comes from a really personal place. So to see the film resonate, see it resonate with different types of people, uh, that, is, that is really really special to me.
12: I hope people go to the cinema, bring their friends. It's a film that is actually quite radical and instigates a lot of conversations around many things like familial love and romantic love and i think also is a film that regardless of your sexuality there's something to take from or to my mind there is something to take from
2: there we go i couldn't agree more with that regardless of who you are There is something for you in that movie. It really is incredibly moving and life-affirming in many ways. Uh, Coming up next, I'm going to play you, Madonna, and Crazy for You. Not a massive movie hit. It was written for the movie Vision Quest. And I think it also featured in that film 13, going on 30, with Jennifer Garner. But it is a beautiful song. And amazingly madonna recorded the vocal for this song all in one take that never happens she's pretty cool so there we go i'm going to play you out with that and then i'll be back after the ads and i'll say goodbye and i'll tell you what our classical classics play out tracks are catch you soon
4: Homecoming is looking for volunteers in the Port Portlethon area who would be willing to help someone coming home from hospital who requires additional support. Support might be a chat, shopping, picking up medication, putting the bins out or transport to an appointment. If you have any spare time in your week when you may be able to assist, please contact Amy Blumen at Aberdeenshire Voluntary Action on 07585 507524. Hospital Homecoming is funded by the NHS Grampian Endowment Fund and NHS Charities Together, and Port Lethen is one of 11 Tester change pilot sites across the NHS Grampian area.
2: was Hans Zimmer and the track is called Stay and it is from the movie Interstellar after having that little Hans Zimmer special feature in the first hour I couldn't possibly do the classical classics play out without him such a beautiful piece of music all all of Hans Zimmer's scores are really nice um, thank you so much for listening to tonight's show, I hope you enjoyed it uh, do join me again same time next week for more movie stuff and if you like dance music, if you like a bit of drum and bass you can also find me on Saturdays between 5 and 7 for a wee early dance music treat, a wee mood boost in your uh, sort of dinner time every Sunday Saturday you can dance around your dinner on your dinner with your dinner whatever you fancy it's a good fun little show coming up next to play us out we have some John Williams with Journey to the Island which is some of the soundtrack music from Jurassic Park and I think that might be it I think that might be all I have time to squeeze in tonight so like I say thank you very much for joining me and have a really good week and I'll catch you again later bye bye